0: Repeat with me, please. Praise be, Christ, Praise, be Christ, Praise be Jesus Christ. Now and forever. Praise be Jesus Christ. Now and forever. Praise be Jesus Christ. Now and forever. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To you do we cry, poor children of Eve. To you do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious advocate, your eyes of mercy toward us. And after this, our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know what you've been listening, you're doing your purgatory, so thank you. Um, God bless you. Tomorrow we will have the healing of the family, a mass. Uh, believe it or not, the talk tomorrow, the homily will be short. Because I want to spend most of the time dealing with family on prayer. And we're even going to be feeling, basically dealing with your whole family tree. Okay? And I'll explain that tomorrow, what I mean by that. Praying for healing, stuff that's been handed down from the back to now. And I'll explain what that even means. Um, Tonight's topic is called living what St. Paul beautifully says the glorious freedom when you hear the word glory in the Bible God is so beautiful we need another word when a soul develops his relationship with God and is in the advanced spiritual life what I've been discussing in the morning, fifth six and seven mansions. There's a beauty about them that is not them. It's now God's life, joy emanating out of them. I've met a few souls like that. One woman who had been sober 50 some years, alcoholic, lived for many years a lesbian lifestyle. She had a big conversion, sober 50 some years. She came up to me at a Paris mission, never saw her. Her name is Eleanor. She might be dead now, because I met her 15 years ago and she was in her 70s. And she came up to me and she looked at me. I didn't see her. I saw more Our Lady. And she took her right hand and touched my right cheek and I just began to have tears coming down my face. Because what I witnessed and I experienced as I met and saw her was literally what I would call in persona Maria, Mary. One of those few souls that she's there, but the one more present is heaven. God's presence in this case, now, God planned that because I also had to do with the, my deeper wound. The father wound was the more obvious one, the beatings. My father being a dry drunk. But the mother wound was the deeper one. That's why I got involved in all that promiscuity. I was looking for mama. But I want to talk about now the parenting. What is this idea that Paul speaks about? The glorious freedom of the sons of God in Romans 8:21. And you'll notice I I always preach when I give retreats with the rosary in my hand. It's wrapped around my hand. And the reason I do that, it's a reminder to me, as I call Our Lady, Mama, is holding my hand everywhere. Everywhere I go. When I'm driving, I'm saying, Jesus, Mary. We learned that last night, right? In each beat. What? Jesus, Mary. Jesus, Mary mary jesus mary because i have learned slowly that i do not do anything alone so we've been talking about who was not here the first sunday or monday go to confession no i'm kidding just kidding just kidding well thank you for coming okay god bless you You know, I was in Korea once giving retreats, and when you meet Koreans, you know, of course, if you stake out your hand in the Korean culture, that means you're making a pass at the woman. And Hispanics are very affectionate. Hey, está? Un abrazo. you know, you give hugs like anything. So, when I met the Koreans, I had to make sure, keep your little babies down in your hands, and just bow, okay? So, basically, the freedom, happens, you begin to be freed. If you, and I I cannot emphasize this more, we need to spend time with him. Because to overcome these things, we need There are some sins that are not overcome unless we experience what I call tsunami of God's love. So for God to begin to share that with us, we need to be with Him. It isn't just, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna be with someone, the one who created me, the one who died on the cross for me. Now, I might know that here, but it has to be to such a point that there is literally a change in my life and people will see it in your face. They'll see it in your joy. And what is most necessary for this glorious freedom to happen, we need to return to peace. (laughs) A deep peace inside. Yesterday I asked my brother, was in the front row I'm not gonna ask you again but I asked him to stand up last night and to start moving around and then I, I asked I said for me if I was a surgeon to operate him he has to be still because if he keeps moving around you can't operate so also a soul that's agitated that's angry, that's frustrated, that's discouraged, that's guilt-ridden with all that noise inside. And that's why the devil creates so many ways of creating noise in us because that only creates obstacles for God to really do through the Holy Spirit his victory on the cross to change us. So, in a very simple sentence, we need to return to peace. But that won't happen, and God will not give you that peace because it's a gift. And for us to get peace, and peace is not Richard Nixon. You remember him? He should go like this, the sign of peace. No, that means not, that's now. We're talking about a deep peace. But Jesus promises something in John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives it, do I give to you. Let your hearts, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So we're talking about a freedom from anything, anything that troubles us. Anything. Because good parents should create a life, a family life, a space where your children feel safe coming home. They're welcome. They're loved. We spoke about this the first night. They receive affection, attention. Words that console, words that affirm, words that teach, all that creates a place in their heart that can rest. Mom and dad should not fight in front of each because children don't understand that. I know a young man that used to see mom and dad fighting like cats and dogs, and he feared they were gonna be, and he never saw them showing much affection with each other. So one day he grabbed his father's hand and put it on his mother's hand while they were driving. Because they never showed affection with each other. So in his little mind, as a boy, they're going to get a divorce. Now that didn't happen and it wasn't going to happen. But in his little mindset, they're going to get a divorce. So parents need to act and live their marriage. Children need to see mommy and dad wearing bibs. Do you know what I mean by that? That they drew for each other. They should see mommy and daddy affectionate, loving each other, I love you, holding hands. That creates an atmosphere of peace, security in the children's hearts. I did have that at my house. My dad had no eyes but for my mother, and my mother had no eyes for my dad. And it was beautiful. So what is this peace necessary? It isn't a cheap piece, meaning, because what the world offers is if you're number one and you always succeed, you'll be happy. That's what the world offers. You have to be number one. You have to succeed. You have to wear the right clothes, write the right makeup, look like 20 when you're 80. Did you hear about the woman? (laughs) I have to slide in a little joke. A woman died, went to Jesus, and Jesus said, you know, it's not your time yet. You have about many years to go. She came back after her life-after-death experience. She was so happy, she went to have all these operations, all these tucks, you know what I'm saying? Toenail tuck. Tummy tuck, ear tuck. You know what I'm saying, right? Women, you understand what I'm saying? Okay, all these. Two weeks later, she gets hit by a car. She shows up to Jesus and she said, I thought you said I had 20 years. Oops, I didn't recognize you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now, As I approach him, he's either worthy of trust or not. In other words, what Paul speaks about the glorious freedom of the sons of God, that's either true or not. And St. John of the Cross says this, repeat with me. If a bird is tied down by a thread or a chain, it cannot fly. If we're not free over something small, it can be that I'm anxious because the Indians are in the World Series, and I can't get it out of my mind. And if they don't win the World Series, I'm going to be put out. In the big picture of things, that's a little thread. Or a chain, I'm about to lose my job or I lost my job, my children are in trouble, that whatever it is, a real thing. In other words, we can't fly to God, experience God, the freedom that God wants, in whatever way, we're still bound by something small, persons, places, or things. Now, we need to get through our little noggin, Say with me, I'm not getting out of here alive. You're all going to die, and I'm going to die. I've asked them for my birthday present. Can this be my last year? Okay, how about a Christmas present? Because after what I experienced in that kidnapping of experiencing the Trinity, above, below, and around me, everything, and tasting heaven, getting a whiff of heaven, let me tell you something. You wanna see Father Philip depressed? Come, he's gonna be on this earth forever. Huh, I'd be really depressed. Now, to add to what I just said about that none of us are gonna get out of here alive, the early church knew that. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Who's a parishioner of St. Sebastian's? Raise your hand. Come on, raise it up. The left hand. Okay. Parishioner. Now it means that you're a member of this parish. That's not the original meaning. The Greek word is paraoikos. Oikos is Home. Para, nearby, alongside, parallel. This is what believers in Jesus, Catholic Christians, were called. And I'm gonna read what I mean. Beloved, I beseech you as aliens, paraoikos, and exiles. So Peter's calling believers in Jesus, on this earth, we're in exile. We're aliens. This is not our home. And Clement of Rome, in his beautiful letters, said that's what he called Christians. We are in exile. And if you're in exile, you can't travel with too much. You can't get attached to too much because you're on the move in the right direction, and life is about preparing for our true home. John Paul II, as he was about to die, he said, let me go to my father's house. Most people don't even think about death. I think about death every day, not morbidly, but I talk about it with my Lord because that day is approaching at the same speed for all of us. And in fact, it's the most important day of your life after your baptism. Because that's the day, and Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says, repeat with me, for it is for man to die once. How many times did I say? Not many times. There's no reincarnation. I'm not going to come back as much as I love it, German Shepherd. I love my German Shepherd, but I'm not gonna come back as a German Shepherd. We only have one life, and let's compare this life compared to eternity. This life is like one drop of water. One drop of water compared to all the water and all the bodies of water, oceans, lakes, rivers of the world, and that's even. Not really truly true, because infinity is much greater. All the bodies of water, oceans, seas, gulfs, rivers, that's eternity. This life is one drop of water. So if we're living life only for this drop of water, we're way off. So we need to prepare for that day that you and I will see him, not hidden in the Eucharist, but the way you prepare your eyesight, your soul, if you spend a lot of time with him, even if it's not exposed, but in front of the tabernacle, when you die, you'll meet an old friend. I ask you this question How much time do you spend in silence with him? Doesn't have to be exposed. I ask, the church is open. The doors are not closed. Sitting in front of him, in front of the tabernacle, because that is our true home. And if there's one thing that I would pray for after I leave, is that this parish becomes one, becomes prayerful in front of him, then it succeeded, the mission. Because the real retreat, the real mission happens afterward. And I know some young people that pray a couple hours a day. I have one directee. I'm her spirit director. She prays four hours a day. I'm involved with a group of young people, youth and young college students in Tampa, adoration. You can see it. They can't hide it. The same thing the way you can see a priest, if he's in love or not. Or not. Can you tell? The way the priest holds the Eucharist when he raises it? The way he looks at Jesus. Can you tell or not? Huh? The way he raises him. The care that he takes to put him down on the paten. The way he says the prayer. He either looks in love or not. I can tell the same thing with couples. I don't need much time with them. I can tell how somewhat, I don't need to know all the details, how their marriage is doing, the way they look at each other, their body language. So life is about meeting him and he begins to parent you. And once you begin to be parented, you begin to be tasting on earth as it is in heaven. Now, this will begin to free you because we need in this world we live where we are hit, 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 hit by the enemy. Whether it be through temptation, whether it be through the phone, whether it be anywhere. The tragedies that we see on the news, all over the place. But we need an experience of love that blows us away more than what we face on the day-to-day level. St. Paul says in Galatians 5.1, for freedom you were created. And I'm not talking about the idea of freedom that sometimes in this country we idolize. Freedom from persons, places, and things, and sin. That's true freedom. Freedom. United States could become the number one powerhouse, the economy off the charts. But if it's still addicted to sin, and I'm going to talk about what kind of sin now. Let's go to the book of Exodus. Freedom from what? Who remembers in the scriptures, Exodus chapter 32? Moses goes up to the mountain. He's delaying. Maybe he was having Peruvian food. The point is, he was delaying. The Israelites tell the brother Aaron, make us a god. (laughs) So they bring all their gold and he molds a calf, a bull, an Egyptian god say with me apis one more time apis it was a false egyptian god bulls are very what bulls have a sex drive that's off the charts so we're talking about power sex and what it was made of gold Money. That's what that symbolized. They began to worship. So though they left physically out of Egypt, Egypt hadn't left them. So we're talking about being freed from anything that ultimately does not lead to Jesus Christ. Last night we said, so how does God fix it? Because this remedy is nothing but miraculous. And when God is not number one in your life, even atheists who don't believe in God, they'll worship something, even if it's their own thinking. You have to worship something. You have to bend the knee and adore, adore, give adoration to something. And the way you can tell what is it that I adore is what I spend most of my time and money and what is most valuable to me. For some people, it's their physical beauty. Hours putting on makeup. For others, it might be they wanna look, like I mentioned, 20. My mother used to lie about her age. I thought she was 36 years old. You wanna laugh? But she conceived me at 42. But I thought she was 36. Now that doesn't make sense. So I used to tell my friends year after year because their parents were younger. My mother's 36. My mother, she was obsessed with looking older obsessed when I asked her mom how old are you she got emotional like she was gonna start crying because she was probably knocking on the door of late 60s or she'll be coming around the corner 70 I mean it was painful to admit She was adoring what? Youth. When I saw her, finally, without makeup, she was 90 years old, or 92, I said, Mamita, you're beautiful. It's so good to see those gray hairs. Mom, you're gorgeous. All those years, Trying to fight against the clock. She worshipped her beauty. Finally, she was free at the very end. So how do we get for God to begin to free us? He allows situations in our life, sometimes very strong, that we are not in control. It can be a child that's sick, horrendous. It can be a marriage that's on the rocks. It can be an addiction. It can be a pattern of sin. It can be whatever. But Isaiah gives us some beautiful advice. And I'm starting where we ended last night, the need for peace. Isaiah 30 verse 15. In returning and in rest, you shall be saved. The word also means healed. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. Quietness And that doesn't mean the absence of noise, quietness in here. A young boy, 14 years old, told his dad, he was getting into drugs, listening to terrible music. He told his dad, dad, I hate silence. Oof. You know what his dad did? Can we applaud his dad first? Come on. Listen well, parents. He took away his phone, got him to counseling, and said, you're coming with me to adoration. I'm a spirit director. Today, the son, who's a rugby star in his team, says to the dad and told me, thank, I thank my father because what I was living was a living hell with so much noise, he was losing his soul. So the Bible says, in quietness and in trust. That's the beautiful solution. Recover a taste for silence, but with him. And he will act, he knows what you and I need. He's really good at it, and he keeps his word. Let's go to Numbers 23, 19. After giving a retreat in Ireland to priests, a priest said to me, Father, I think I shared this the other morning in the morning group. Father, I want to tell you a true story. He said, when the United States, I know the person, so this isn't hearsay, I know the person. When the United States was gonna lose, was winning the war, excuse me, and the Japanese knew they had lost the war, Second World War, to the Americans, they planned to send Japanese soldiers, soldiers, excuse me, to a particular island and kill their own people because they were furious they had lost. The Americans got wind, and in this particular battalion, the captain went around asking for a volunteer to parachute, be dropped into that island, and warn the population, leave the island because your own soldiers of your own country are going to come to kill you. All the soldiers, the Americans, had excuses. I'm going to get married. I have young children. I'm about to be all the reasons why not one soldier raised his hand and said captain i volunteer the captain said do you know this might be a suicide mission you might die i volunteer captain he parachuted to his surprise he landed and the first person he met was not a japanese citizen it was an american in agony, about to die. He went to the American, and the first thing the American soldier that was in his, maybe last hour, said to him, it's all been a lie. The army lied to me, the nuns lied to me. They told me if I prayed every day three Hail Marys, I would not die without confession, Viaticum, which is communion to the dying. And God has lied to me, he said. I'm about to die. It's all been a lie. The soldier let him finish. He was gagging, coughing. When he stopped talking, he opened up his knapsack. He put on a stole. He was a priest, came up to him, heard his confession, gave him the anointing of the sick, gave him communion. And he said, right before he died, God did not lie. He kept his promise. And he died is in his arms. Numbers 23, 19. And this is who's sitting on the altar, who promises, I will be there for you. Ultimately, the deepest of your thirst and hunger, all your passions, disorder, underneath it all is a longing for me. Numbers 23, verse 19 says this. God is not man that he should lie. God doesn't do this. When we were young, we used to do this. Can you shake my hand? Psyched you. Anybody remember that? Uh, It's incredible. Same thing in states, right? No, God doesn't say something and he doesn't follow through. God is not man that he should lie, the Bible says, or a son of man that he should repent. Has he not said and will he not do it? Has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Matthew 6, he promises to provide. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all you need, your clothing, your food, I'll provide. But seek me first. You let me be everything for you, and I'm going to provide for everything you need. When I started my community, I told my bishop, no more salary, no health insurance. I'm going to depend on God. Someone asked me last night to tell you a little bit about my community. I'm going to do so. We live like Mother Teresa of Calcutta. We live totally depending on divine providence. We have a building that you've been hearing me say that needs to be finished, of our sister's house. It's going to cost about, I've been told, 100000 to finish. So there's a basket here, there's a basket there, and in the back for donations. I need God, and he will provide. I don't know if he'll finish tonight. I hope so. But he will provide. When I first started the community, I cried for 30 days straight. What have I gotten myself into? Where am I gonna get food to eat? Who's gonna pay the electricity bill? I was living in a part of town that I was the only white boy. There was gangs, prostitution, satanic temple not far. I could, it's, you could hear shootouts. And I had my German shepherd, his name was Moses. He was trained to attack, very well trained. The only thing he didn't do was bless himself before meals. But he was very well trained because I trained my German shepherds. A cop taught me how to train. One night, a young man, young priest came to me. He's now my confessor in Tampa. And I, I invited him to dinner. But you know something? I had nothing to give him. I didn't even have one piece of bread to give him for dinner. The only thing that I had in my house was the water that came out of the faucet. My refrigerator was empty. So I said to him, can we take a walk? Because I was stalling. I didn't want to tell him I have nothing to give you, though I invited you for dinner. So we started walking. For two hours, we walked in this area, tough area. But by then, they had respected me because they knew I would work with the homeless. So I was safe. After two hours, we're standing in the middle of this town called Ybor City, and I said, Ken, the truth is this. And I was about to say, I have nothing to give you to eat. And I was about to open my mouth, and someone from a pizza parlor screams out, Padre, Father, you want a pizza? He made me the most delicious pizza. The large, huge pizza, delicious, just like I wanted it. And that's what we ate. God said, This, you take care of your relationship with me, and I'm gonna take care of you. Now, I made some really stupid mistakes. I give you permission to say, Father, you're an idiot. Father, how could you trust that guy? When I first arrived in Peru, A guy that raised German shepherds became friends with me. To make a long story short, he swindled me 50,000 dollars. He made up this story that was in, it's a long story, that doesn't matter. We were building our house. The community told me, Father, I don't like this guy. I don't trust him. My German shepherd, my second German shepherd, didn't trust him. Every time he saw him, he wanted to bite his face off. My German shepherd was giving me warnings. No, we need to help him. It was all a lie. He swindled me. How much? The foreman came to tell me, Father, To finish the construction of the house, we need, how much do you think? In my pride, I hadn't yet admitted to the community, you're right, I should have not trusted him, and I should have trusted what you were telling me. So I was angry, 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 you know what? who? But camouflaged with, I want to kill the guy. I want to change his face. So all I did for a while, maybe weeks, I don't remember, this happened in 2003, was talk about, and I was engulfed by this. I was chained by this event that I caused, mea culpa, mea culpa, say it again, mi gran culpa. Sister Mary Trace of my community pray to Jesus. Jesus, we're sick and tired of Father Philip talking about this. Yell at him to drop it. The next day I'm celebrating mass, the community is in our chapel. I do the words of consecration over the bread. becomes Jesus. I raise the host, and I hear Jesus scream at me inside. Forget about, and he said his name. Forgive him. Now, they see me like this, and I start saying to Jesus, are you crazy? That creep, he not only stole from us $50,000, he stole from the poor, and I went on and on and on. And all they're just seeing is this. And I'm having it out with Jesus. I put down Jesus on the patent, genuflect, as we do in mass. I do the words of consecration over the wine with a little bit of water. The miracle happens, it's the blood of Jesus. I raise up the chalice, and I go, are you kidding me? You can't be asking me to forgive him. He doesn't know, Lord, and I'm arguing, and all they see is this. And I'm going back and forth with Jesus. I said, you're asking me to forget everything, to forget everything, everything, everything. And I hear so loud in me, everything. After mass, Sister Mary Trace walks up to me and sees me a little quiet. She says, Father, are you all right? Do you know what happened? He yelled at me. Not once, twice. And she starts laughing and laughing and laughing. I said, why are you laughing? Has he ever let, yelled at you? I asked him to. We're up to here. You're, you're obsessed with this. Okay, you made a mistake, Father, and he went on and on and on. I went to Jesus. You remember, Lord, that morning. And two times in my life have I, I stuck my head in a tabernacle. my private chapel, to yell at the Lord, help. And I said to him, crying, it's all my fault. I didn't listen to my community. I didn't even listen to my dog who sensed that he wasn't trustworthy. And now we need $50,000 in two weeks. Where am I going to get the money? I said, My peace, I unload it. Now, this is important. St. John of the Cross Carmelite spirituality. And this is why few people really grow spiritually, because they don't allow themselves to hit rock bottom. They try to fake it like it's all right. They try to be strong. John of the Cross said this, Teresa Avila. Theresa Lessieux, if a ball does not hit rock bottom, it can bounce high to God. So also, if a soul doesn't allow itself to be vulnerable and hit rock bottom, their fierce feelings, their frustrations, their discouragement, God can't take them high in holiness. So I was hitting rock bottom to the point that I stuck my head in the tabernacle. Teresa of Avila told Jesus, if this is the way you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few. So I was hitting one of my moments, and I've had a lot of them, rock bottom. And this is what I hear. You remember, Lord. You gave me four people to call. And you told me to tell them what happened. And you also told me, do not ask them for a penny. Just tell them what happened. Oh, did I obey? because I was out of ideas. I needed $50,000 in two weeks. In two weeks, you know how much came? Now he's good. $65,000. When the foreman went to buy the materials, they had gone up. $15,000 so what i needed was not 50,000 but i needed how much and he knew it all the time now i want you to listen well he provided he had the last word in the situation actually there's many other times he's provided more just from telling that story and when you're parented by god God has the last word, not your sin or your mistakes or the sins of others. God, and He tsunamis you. You're more blown away by Him than what happened. Can we give our Lord a hand, please? He's the best. He's the best. He's the best. You're the best. You're the best. best no one else like him he kept his promise you seek me first and you're not gonna go without and though it was my fault my pride and he still came through I told that story in a retreat in New Orleans We needed. The enemy sometimes gets a little miffed at us. We were having some new vocations. Our van caught on fire. There was no explanation. It was old red legs. That's why I call the enemy old red legs. He was a little miffed. It caught on fire, so we needed a new van. So I made the announcement in the mission. Uh, pst, excuse me. Uh, does anybody have a van? That maybe you know it's 14 years old. It Doesn't have to be new. Just a van. A guy comes after mass into the sacristy. Says, "Father, what do you need? How much does a van cost?" I said, "I don't know. I I don't know anything." He says, "I'll give you a check of $25,000 tomorrow." I start weeping. Next morning he calls me on my phone, and he's weeping. I said, He said, Father, guess what? God the Father spoke to me. Praise God. Hallelujah. He spoke to me, Father. I experienced God the Father. Hallelujah, brother. Hallelujah. Do you know what he said to me? I said, no. You know how much I want you to give Father Philip. So my ear went... How much? He said, he told me to give you $50,000. Twice he's provided for the amount that I blew. Not once, twice. By using that event that I was the cause of, but that I humbly had to repent, forgive the man. In fact, when I went to him and forgave him, that caused his conversion. He got married in the church and came back to Jesus Christ. Can we applaud the Lord for that? That's the greatest thing. What I've learned with time, my beautiful brothers and sisters, and you know, when I look into some of your eyes, I can tell you're carrying a lot. Your muscles are hardened. I look into your eyes, and I don't need a lot of time. And I can tell there's pain. And there might be some things in our life now that you're going through that are crisis. Might be economic, physical, emotional, whatever. But the good Lord wants to parent you. And the way to be very simple is that you and I need to spend time with him and you don't stop until you experience being overwhelmed by him and not just the situation, whatever the topic is. Overwhelmed by him. And that's when he begins, or sometimes if you need a mother, some of us here had a bad mother relationship, a mother that was cold distant. Can you close your eyes for a second, please? How many of us felt like we never had a warm mother? Raise your hand, please. Just raise your hand. Okay. You can open up your eyes, please. Because God wants to mother you through Our Lady. That's why in John chapter 19, he says to John the apostle, what does he say? Behold your mother. And then she says, first he says to her, behold your son, and then to John, behold your mother. We need a perfect love of a mother that's divine living in her because our hearts were made for what is out of this world. In Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse 11, God says, he's put into our heart, in the depth of your heart, he has you. He has put in your soul and mine, a thirst for the infinite, the idea of the infinite. So what you and I long for is much more than any human being, any event of this world, any place or anything can give us. That's why you don't want, I remember being a child, I didn't want vacation, summer vacation to end. I wish I had more another week. It never was enough. My gosh, we had two months. When I was dancing cheek to cheek with a girl that I had met And when they announced Last Dance, I went, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. I haven't even asked her her name. So I, I never, even the best of moments, they always came to an end and it was sadness. But now I know why. Nothing of this world can ever quench that hunger for the infinite, only him. Let me save you some time and tears You're not going to find happiness apart from him. It just won't happen. So how do we... Has it died? Oh, no, you can hear it still. Okay. Horrific things. I've asked them, have you told God about it? No. Some have said he knows. Yeah, he knows, but he wants you to tell him because he wants a relationship. Most of the people I've talked to have Yes, okay. And tell them, and be brutally honest. In Spanish we say con puntos y comas, with question marks, with good grammar. Now just let it out, say it. Once you're tr- and some of you I recommend, maybe what might be easier, write out Write it out. If it happened to you in a child, as a child, if you're right-handed, I humbly recommend, write it with your left hand, because that will get you in touch with the weak little you. And if you're left-handed, write it with your right hand. So the vulnerable you will be more in touch with what you're doing. But let him have it, let him have it. I already told you, On two occasions, it's made me stick my head in the tabernacle. And I've screamed at him. And he's come through, and I was tsunamied by him. God had the last word. If it's with Our Lady, if if your mother didn't know how to mother you, or if you lived with a loveless mother that was cold and distant, I've met some. I've met some this weekend, this week, that you had mothers that did not know how to mother you. It's time to go talk to Our Lady. With Jesus. But be brutally honest. They know what we need, and He's good at it. But He's allowed the circumstance that we're facing with a divine purpose to make you need Him and Him alone. I've had car problems before. I'm gonna get a little bit about the angels. I told you I was gonna to speak to you about the angels. Angelic work. A priest who was my spirit director, whose spirit director was Padre Pio, not bad. An ex-spirit director of mine, his spirit director was Padre Pio, Saint Padre Pio. I had an experience in Lima in the airport where an angel appeared to me, had gold eyes, dressed very poorly, asked me for a blessing. When I looked at her eyes, my heart felt like, where do I know you? And she smiled and she said, can you give me your blessing? Now, most people, when you get, give them their blessing, they look down. She kept looking at me with a grin on her face. Gold eyes. My heart is going bananas. My head was saying, what is going on? I knew this is not from this world. After I gave her the blessing, she kissed my hands where I was ordained and anointed. She took my rosary and she said, bellissimo, beautiful. I sat down, stupefied. A second and a half later, after I sat down, I turned around, she was gone. I go to my spirit director and I said, Father, an angel appeared to me. And he's just like, Did you hear? An angel appeared to me. An angel appeared to me. He said, the father is very happy that you met one of your angels. In fact, you have many more all the time with you. So when I get off planes, you know, I tell them, hey guys, are you all here? And I feel their fire around me. One day my car... Anybody know what the cruise control is of the car? I had to drive 17 hours. The cruise control wasn't working. It was gonna be a long trip. It was a time when Floridians had to evacuate because of the hurricane. So I had just driven down for my vacation and a day and a half I had to drive up another 17 hours to Maryland. I said, oh my gosh, my foot's gonna be tired. My cruise control isn't working. So I said to my angels, hey guys, are one of you mechanics? That's all I said. As I'm getting in my car, the thought comes to my mind. Listen well. And that's the way angels communicate, through thoughts. You need to be well aware of what you're thinking. If they're angelic thoughts, holy angels, they're positive and life-giving, and they produce peace, joy, and hope. If they're negative, diabolical, fallen angels, they create fear, frustration, discouragement, and all that stuff takes away your peace. So when it's an angel, a holy angel, communicating with you, because, you know, as I was kneeling here and we were singing the your I was already asking my angels to speak to your angels. There hasn't been a talk that I haven't asked my angels to speak to your angels, and they greet each other. I want you to close your eyes for a moment, please. If you've never talked to your angels seriously, and you've never told them you love them, please close your eyes, raise your hand, be honest, the truth will set you free, be honest. Now I want you to tell your angel, think it, because they know your thoughts, holy angels do, they communicate through thoughts, say to them, I'm sorry, and for the first time in your life, I want you to tell them, I love you. How many of you sensed a presence around you or in your heart? Raise your hand. Look at that. Open up your eyes, everybody. Raise your hands, everybody. You just experienced heaven. It's that easy. Raise your hand. The ones that you felt. What did you experience? A warmth. Oh, that's the holiness of God. Anybody else? Someone. Happiness. Anybody else? Come on, you all raise your hand. Many of them. What? Uh, I'm sorry. Brightness. A brightness, light. That was a strong angel. That was a big one. Uh, okay. Huh? Oh my gosh. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. Now the beautiful thing is, God is showing you through this, and we just did it in an instant. I didn't give you a talk. I didn't give you a whole series on the angelic world. God just showed you he wanted you to know you have a constant assistant companion who's there to serve you. Parents, mom and dads, raise your hand. Do you ever fight about things? No, right? Okay. Who fights? Raise your hand. Come on. Yeah. Do you ever disagree? Guess what? The moments of disagreement are demons. The word demon, de monos, in the Greek, monos means one, de, the one who divides the one. So when you are fighting, especially over little things that explode, has that ever happened to you? Or does that only happen to Peruvians? <laughs> Have you ever fought over something this size and it became a monstrosity? Raise your hand if that's happened to you. Guess what, that was a demon. So what you need to do is when you have to talk about difficulties, ask your angel to speak to their angel. They want God's will. They want you to be closer. They want you to be more in love. So they're gonna pray. How many of you are hearing this for the first time? Raise your hand, please. You've never heard this before. Come on, raise your hand. Welcome to reality. The divine angelic world and the saints is reality. He's right there all the time and very close. And the angels, what they do, they're like waiters. They bring the grace. When a priest gives the final blessing at a mass, the angels come with the grace and pours it on you. My twin brother, In his website, there's a, a filming of him celebrating Mass. My brother was celebrating Mass, came to the consecration. He saw the guy filming it going like this. Because suddenly my brother disappeared and all he saw was known in the Hebrew, the Shekinah, the glory of God. My brother was invisible. All there was is golden light around the sanctuary during the consecration. The glory of God manifested. It's on film. That's reality. And that's what God wants to show us. Not the negative news, the negative things, your sins, your painfulness, your struggle. That's not. That's what God wants to show you and me. Now let's talk about Our Lady. I'm gonna give you a simple example of being mothered by Our Lady. I was at a house of Franciscans in Arizona to give the parish a retreat and part of the members of the community. Father Anthony, wonderful man, I'm his spirit director, He's the the superior of the community. He said, Father, what kind of coffee do you like? Bustelo, good Cuban coffee. Do you like cereal? Yeah, Special K. Gets me Special K. And he puts a note on both of them. Do not touch Father Phillips. So I tell him, Father Anthony, Everybody. He says, no, Father, they're sharks. They will eat it, you won't have anything. Please don't do that. Father, I know my men, they're sharks. They'll devour it, you won't have anything. Second day I'm eating my cereal and I see one of the brothers grab the cereal box that says, do not touch Father Philip and he pours himself a big bowl. And in my heart there's a voice, hey, that's mine. Oh, I need to go to confession. I go to confession. This is where Mary steps in, Our Lady. I'm confessing this. And suddenly, I'm aware of Our Lady. And she says to me, In here, do you know what caused that? And I start crying because I noticed that I got the best of mother's attention. I just confessed my sins, he's saying something, but my real attention was on her presence. This is a wound that came when you were in the womb with your twin brother, your mother's food you never got enough because it had to be shared. So there's a hunger in you. So the, Our Lady began to explain what I was just thought it was plain selfishness. And Our Lady was saying, that's the, the result. The cause of it is you never got enough to eat. We were born in the sixth month, we weighed two pounds. So with twins, the food is divided, I never got enough. Did I know that? No. Did Our Lady know that? Yes. But the beautiful thing is, God allowed that. And I thought the depth, the reason of the issue was just, you're selfish and you need to go to confession. But Our Lady said, it's time to mother you. He wants to be the best of divine brothers. The Father wants to, and that takes time in the spiritual life, to experience God the Father. But He wants you to begin to be mothered by Our Lady. And I just gave you a simple example, and that's what I mean by being parented by God, in this case through Our Lady, being mothered by Her. God acts through Her It overwhelms you much more than the event, than you were parented. We were created for this, on earth as it is in heaven. Mothers explain the heart of the child. That's what mothers, if they're well, mature, prayerful, spiritual, and their motherhood has developed well, they explained the mystery of the heart for their child. And that's what she did. Are you with me? But when you experience God through Our Lady, it overwhelms you. You almost can't take enough. It's, it, it's too much. It's so strong. So let me give you The First Steps of Parenting. Grab your rosary, please. I want you to close your eyes and choose a title for Mary. Mine is Mama. I did it this morning. She mothered this morning. She explained something. I was being accused by the devil this morning in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and she stepped in and she began to mother me, and he took off. Some of us here struggle with a lot of accusation, and that uses up a lot of energy. You feel guilty over stuff that happened many years ago, and you're still being hit over the head by it. Now, choose a title for Mary, one that will make you experience her hovering over you. Try them out. For some it might be mom, for some it might be mommy. Mine is mama. Start saying it in your heart over and over again. And you will know the one that heaven has chosen for you when you experience a presence. Close your eyes, start repeating it. When you know which title it is, raise your hand please. Some of you, it's very quick, it's happening already. Now start repeating it as if you were washing your heart out like mouthwash, swirl it around your heart. Let that beautiful name, presence of Mary, be like a beautiful ointment on the part of your heart that's bruised. Start repeating it quietly in your heart This is a very private moment between heaven and you. Start repeating it. If you feel your heart burning, I want you to raise your hand. Keep repeating it. See, that's God and Our Lady coming very close to you, descending upon you. Keep repeating it. Keep repeating it. Those who have already sensed the title, I want you to tell Our Lady, because she's asking you, tell me what happened. And I want you to be brutally honest with her. Again, once you feel that's the title that she wants for you, raise your hand, please. Raise it high, please. Now keep repeating it, beautiful, beautiful. Whatever sin you struggle with, you can put your hands down. Beautiful. I want you to tell Our Lady, if you struggle especially with purity, tell her about that. If your mother was cold, I want you to tell her about it. And you'll continually sense her hovering over you because she has turned her head towards you. Heaven is looking down at you through Our Lady. And just tell her all about it. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Keep your eyes, please, closed. If the issue you're talking with her... Now, by the way, you can do this with Jesus, the same thing. If the issue you're talking with her is about a decision you had to make or something that happened, raise your hand. Okay, tell her about it and explain to her as best as you can, how you see the situation. The main thing is we need to have a docile heart, God's will. I want to do what would please more your son, Jesus. Now tell her, and once you're done telling her how you see the situation, I think I'm going to do this, or this is the way I interpret this. This is my humble perception. Ask her, how do you see it? And be very quiet. When it comes to your mind, you probably have never would have thought about it. And I want you to raise your hand. How do you see it? If you're distracted, use that title for Mary to reconnect with her. Now she's very close because I sense her and she's hovering around us. I'm on fire walking. Raise your hand if you have sensed an answer. Beautiful beautiful. She told me I'm about to act. Beautiful. Look how special you are. You're her only Johnny or Freddie, whatever your name is. You're only Susan, Mary. Now, how many of us heard an answer? Maybe a gentle thought came to us and it had peace and it's something you would have never guessed. Raise your hand, please. Then you know it's really Our Lady. Does it make you feel loved? Raise your hand. Does it make you feel special? Does it make you feel that heaven has no eyes but for you? Raise your hand. Praise God, this is beautiful. Now I'm going to ask you to do something. Open up your eyes. God through Our Lady just acted right now. You were just, those that experienced it so far, were parented by God through Our Lady. Now let's blow Our Lady a big kiss. A big kiss. Don't be stingy. Hallelujah. How beautiful. Now, please listen well, my beautiful... Beautiful brothers and sisters. We have the same parents. And God's gonna allow situations in our lives that we're gonna need a divine vision, a divine perspective that we do not understand. And it's out of our control, it overwhelms us at times. But from God's perspective, It's to create the opportunity because he must create a dependence on him. Jesus said in John fifteen five, apart from me, you can do nothing. So I need him. And if he wants you and I to need him, and sometimes we need a love in a presence of a mother. So he acts through in a motherly way, through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is the way Mary becomes a real presence in our life and not just a beautiful statue. A living presence that is next to you, that wants to reach out to you, that your tears matter, that you're mothering. Women often suffer silently. Women often suffer silently, but you don't have to be silent anymore. You can tell them, your family, the Trinity, Our Lady, the best of mothers. Now, let's close our eyes. We're going to practice this again because we need to learn this, because this needs to be what soon we recover and we go to. The quicker you return to it, one of the signs you're growing in humility, because you know you can't answer, you can't respond, you can't fix it. I want you to tell Jesus, you might want to talk to Our Lady again, what sin do you, do you and I struggle the most with? I want you to look at Jesus. I want you to find the title. If you feel your heart is more moved to talk to Jesus, talk to Jesus. If you really enjoy the taste of Our Lady, talk to Mama about it again. What sin are you most ashamed of having committed or, have, or still struggle with? I want you to tell them about it. Let them see the worst of you. And I want you to imagine that your heart is behind a curtain and you're going to let them see the worst of you and tell them because you're trustworthy, I don't want to keep any secrets from you. I want you to see everything about me because I'm learning that it's safe in this house. It's safe for me to be vulnerable. It's safe that I can be weak. It's safe that I can let you see the worst of me because I'm beginning to know in a new way what it means that you love me and that you're my home. Once you've told Jesus of that sin or the sin you're still plagued by that you committed many years ago, I want you to please raise your hand. I want you to tell them how it's affected you, your self-image. You might say, I hate myself. You might say, I feel like I'm never going to be forgiven. You might say, I feel accused. You might say, I fall into despair. Whatever happens to you, I want you to tell them about it. That's your human, weak perspective, how you see it. What we're doing, my dear sisters and brothers, is what should have happened in your A healthy family, you could talk about it. But since God's family, the Trinity, is really healthy, and it's not dysfunctional, and there's no secrets, in this family, you can tell them. And it's safe. And once you're finished, please ask him. Now, how do you see me? And it's going to come like a soft breeze, a gentle answer. But you will know it's the voice of God or through Our Lady because it causes something in you. There's a lightness that happens. You feel loved. You don't feel like you're facing it alone. When that happens, I ask you please to raise your hand. If you're distracted, use the title for Mary. She'll bring you by the hand. Mine is Mama. And once you censor again, then continue waiting in peace, expecting that they will parent you. Raise your hand when it happens. How many of you feel loved? Raise your hand. How many of you feel special? How many of you experience a freedom? Raise your hand, raise your hand high. How many of you experience a new freedom now? Raise your hand. Could I ask you to stand please? Stand please. Now, you've only practiced this, learned this a few minutes and look what God has done so quickly. You are beginning to experience life in heaven. That you're not alone. That you are lovable. That he has eyes for no one but you. You are experiencing tonight being parented by the best of gods, the Father, and God through Our Lady. You didn't even have to get a doctorate degree. Because the things that are of God are simple, are childlike. When heaven acts, you don't have to be a brain. You just have to admit your need. This is beautiful. Beautiful. Let's give God a big thank you. Come on. And he waited all your life for this moment. And I am so grateful that I'm the one that was brought to you to teach you. Please be seated, we're about to finish. Now this has to be practiced, it's that simple. And the main thing is just recover peace. Turn to Our Lady, your title mama, and she begins to consult you. You have problem children? Talk to her. She'll know what to do. Can I give you one more mothering with Our Lady? Do you mind? I have a family member that is serious bipolar. If anybody knows about bipolar, rapid cycling. A lot of issues, very difficult. So difficult, that, so difficult that I seriously considered never staying at that house again. That's how difficult it was, because on my vacations, my heart never rested. It was a battle with her. I went to confession, went to confession, went to confession to my twin brother. Now, I pray hours a day before the Blessed Sacrament. And I said to the Lord and to Our Lady, You know, I'm doing my best to love her. But when I see her, the only thing I think is about her negative aspects, her negative qualities. And I know you don't see her like that. But I'm out of ideas, Lord. You know that. So I went to Our Lady. Mama, I know, I do not know how to love well. You know I've discussed this topic in confession, adoration hours. So I began to say my title for Our Lady What is it? Mama. Mama. And the reason I chose that one, and I think heaven chose it for me because I'm so little and so needy, I can't even say mother yet. I'm learning how to talk. Mama. And suddenly I sense her. And I tell her the whole situation, I pour out my heart. You know, I'm thinking of never coming back. All I see is this in her. What do I do? And Our Lady begins to speak. <laughs> and I, the tears begin to come down. That's a sign, St. Ignatius of Loyola says, that you're having an authentic experience of God. How many of you have tonight felt little tears coming down your eyes? That's what's called consolation. That's a sign that you had an authentic experience of God. Now, if you didn't, don't worry about it. But that's just one of the signs that sometimes God gives you a, by the way, this will remind you, I really did act. And this was the idea by Our Lady My son in you is not blind. Whoa. Ask him to look for himself in her and to find himself, him in you, to look for himself in her and Jesus in you who's not blind will find and look at Jesus and her. Now, did I know how to do that? Say it again. I didn't have a clue. What does that even mean? What does that look like? Should I stand like this? Should I stand like this? How do you do it? I asked Our Lady, you asked Jesus. The next day I see my niece. I suddenly see her and her goodness and beauty, and I start tearing. And she's like this, because she doesn't see Uncle Philip she experiences Jesus looking and i experienced Jesus looking back at me it's happened more than once my sister looked at me and i could see her peripherally like this and i asked her afterward what did you see she said philip it wasn't you your face changed My niece was tsunamied. So much did it affect her that she says, I want you, Uncle Philip, to correct me always. Tell me all my faults because what she experiences is Jesus. Now, this is an important lesson here. Number one, I had to run out of good ideas because what I needed wasn't human help, human knowledge. I needed divine wisdom and divine action and divine help. Our lady mothered me. She gave me exactly what was needed to affect something in her and change my heart that needed to learn how to love a very difficult person. But it wasn't done with me again trying with my willpower. It was done by grace. Any of us here have difficult people in your life? Raise your hand. Or only Peruvian families are like that. Raise your hand, come on. Guess what? ask Jesus in you and ask Our Lady to pray this, to look for Jesus in them so that Jesus in them will look at Jesus in you. See what happens. Once again, this needs to happen with time with Him. When you experience this, You experience what it says in tranquility and in rest. You will find your strength. You go back to peace. You're back at home. It's safe. Heaven looks at you. They love you. You're more overwhelmed by them. And then you experience on earth as it is in heaven. You can do this with lust, you can do this with anger, you can do this with worry, you can do this with whatever the situation. Amen. How many of you are surprised what's happened? Raise your hand. Surprised, honestly, Uh, a good surprise, raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. Praise God, amen. Say with me, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Now, I don't know if Father Valenchek is here. Can someone get him? He was in a repose for me. Thank you. As Father... Oh, praise the Lord. Okay. Now, finally, before we begin to repose Jesus... Once again, tomorrow's there's the healing service, the mass, every mass is a healing service. Second, there are baskets, I'm saying this because we need a lot of help. And also the last rosaries are gonna be sold right now. Maria raped, Jesus, some bracelets in the back. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for coming. What a joy to be with you. You're beautiful. God bless you.